1: yo and welcome to kind of funny games daily for monday august 9th 2021 i'm your host janet garcia and joining me is tim motherfucking gettys
0: you'll love to see it the garcia gettys information squad is back in full effect
1: absolutely and that just that brings me to you know probably our most important point of the show we finally have real branding Uh alex j sandoval whose handle is at omglx on twitter he's in the chat um, in the chat
0: right now i see oh he- it. I heck see
1: yeah it. hell yeah i love to see it um i adored this so much like it's so cute um it's you know nintendo themed there's like two different like variants and then there's two colorways for each variant and uh yeah there's one that has um that's like in that uh snes style that says garcia getty's information squad which is so cute i love, I love it. that it's nintendo based like it's awesome. It was so exciting to like see this yesterday. Um, I had a really good day yesterday, and it still made right. my day. I was like at you know night to scrolling, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool.
0: Yep. Very, very cool. Shout out to you, Alex. Thanks so much. Whoa, it's giant now. No, but uh, shout out to you. We love you so much. And uh, I'm excited about this, of course. Tim Tam Thursdays are a thing of glory, but I'm starting to really like these Garcia Getty's Monday, Monday, and now we have a
1: way to call it Mm because if without the Garcia Getty's like Monday or whatever day, it's just like I'm working with Tim like that's way less exciting, right? But now it has
0: uh,
1: now it has some branding. Also Mm -hmm. uh, additional shout out for putting my name first um like you know it's it's, alphabetical you gotta do it that's true that's true Mm -hmm. um but yeah it looks really cute uh it was just really cool to see and i really liked stuff like that from the community like i I do feel like that what that's kind of what makes like some of these communities like a little bit differentiated where there is just like that next level passion where y'all will just do stuff like this and be like oh look i made you this beautiful thing and it's so nice so yeah
0: i just love that stuff i love it too and i love being here with you let's talk about some video games janet
1: Hell yeah, because today's stories include Xbox's Gamescom plans and television Amico getting delayed again. The Steam Deck's docked performance and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, We're each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames games, your or listen later on podcast services around. The Globe by searching kind of funny games daily. To be part of the show, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free, along with the exclusive daily post show. Some housekeeping for you. Thank you to our Patreon producer Black Jack. Today we're brought to you by Freshly, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin. What is and forever will be the Rupert Report. <laughs> It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Uh, doesn't. But and that never gets old. Also, I love saying those like the way that's framed. Like, I'll just say that in my regular life, like even outside the show, I'm just like, let's, t- 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 you know, time for some news. Um, all right, let's dig into it. And starting with uh, the lead topic of the show, which is Xbox's Gamescom plans. Uh, they went ahead and tweeted this out saying, hey, you know, we're doing this. And people are like, what should we expect? And they're like, we already answered that in this news post they have. So I'm going to read from that post now. Here's an overview of what you can expect from us at Gamescom 2021. To warm you up for Gamescom week, we'll be airing the official Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream, hosted by Paris Lily, Liddy, Liddy, Shots Paris, uh, and Kate Yeager. Join us at on August 24th at 10 a.m. PT to learn more about our biggest exclusive games lineup ever. You'll get in-depth updates from some previously announced Xbox Games Studios titles alongside some of our third party partners, including some of the incredible titles coming to Xbox this holiday, upcoming releases to our monthly subscription service Xbox Game Pass, and much more. Uh, They also take some time in the post to shout out Opening Night Live, which of course is hosted by Jeff Keighley again on August 25th, which uh, drops at 11 a.m. PT. And they also mention that you can check out uh, Bethesda's mainstream on Twitch, uh, as Bethesda Germany will be doing a live stream over several days starting on August 26th, which is to say, like, there's probably nothing super crazy coming out of that. But I think if you're you know, a really big Bethesda fan, it could be worth checking out. Uh, and then they also will have select games that are discounted up to 75% off during uh, Xbox Gamescom sales. So keep an eye out for that. Tim, what are your hype levels going into to uh, Gamescom with this news from Xbox? It's also worth nerding, though, that we have uh, ID at Xbox tomorrow as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is all—it's all exciting. And uh, Aaron Greenberg came out too and and tweeted about this, saying that there will not be any game announcements. They're just talking about uh, the the rest of this year and the games that they've already talked about, giving us updates. So, with that in mind, my excitement is really high uh, because it's less focused on the what ifs and what might be's and more focused on the what is going to happen and what we can expect there. And I think from that, we can expect a Halo Infinite release date, and that to me is like the the big. The big thing that I'm going to be looking for, and if it's not there, that's going to be just as telling as if it is, because that means the release date is not this year. Um, But I do, do think that we're going to get a release date, and I think that it'll be at Gamescom, and I think that it will be this year. And I'm very, very excited about that, because the test flight was everything I wished it would be and more, and I'm hoping that... At Gamescom, we see a lot more of it. They get even more in-depth on the multiplayer side, but it would be really nice to see the campaign. Um, again, I have no reason to believe that the campaign won't be released alongside the the multiplayer suite. I do kind of have some inklings on on why that would be a good idea strategically from a marketing perspective and with Game Pass, uh, but I think all of that will be a 1,000% cleared up in a couple weeks.
1: Do you think if we don't get that release date that that kind of makes you know we always talk about after these presentations happen like you know what do we grade it like do we feel like mm-hmm. it's a disappointment do we feel like it's a success do you think that would make this showcase kind of um not a failure for you because I feel like failure so extreme but like a little bit of a letdown
0: um yeah absolutely if we don't get a halo release date or at least a update about the release that that would definitely be a, a letdown I think this is their opportunity to do that we're running out of time They're they're saying 2021 they're saying fall so you know, it's August 9th right now by the, by this will be the end of August. That's really just leaving a couple months for, um, them to, to, you know, really get us all prepared for the game. Having said that we're in a different world now where we don't need a release date until It's happening especially with things like game pass i think there's a lot less planning that needs to go in necessarily to people saving up to get this video game and and all that stuff it just kind of creates a different world and microsoft knows that xbox knows that and they just want to get it right and i have full faith they're going to get it right at this point uh when it comes to 343 with halo infinite and i i would be surprised if they don't talk about the release date even if they don't have a date like with a number but just kind of like still reaffirming hey The here's the plan as of now, I think would go a long way because plans can change at any moment.
1: Yeah, I think, too, like that's definitely something um, that they need to kind of show out at this point. I love that you bring up the whole you know, looking at the calendar timeline is sort of pushing you to, you know, lean a certain way in terms of expectation, because it really does get to that point. Like we have these like windows or vibes and it's like, okay, well, they said like fall and it's fall now or they said holiday and like we're already hanging up the decorations. So, you know, what's going on? Um, So, yeah, I, I definitely think if they have that, it'll sort of knock it out the park because it's stuff we've already seen, it's sort of like, Like an in-depth victory lap, sort of. I think Xbox has, like, really strong showings from this year. Like, I don't know what your vibe is from, like, their year so far, but I've enjoyed everything I've seen from Xbox. It's kind of been a little bit unprecedented. Like, I feel like they're doing everything that they're basically being asked to do. Now, whether or not some of those things will like come to fruition and actually be good, like we don't know yet until, you know, we get the games in our hands and can see, you know, whether or not they level up or, you know, stand the test of time and everything. But um, I really liked everything I've seen. So I'm excited to check this out. Uh, same with ID at Xbox tomorrow, you know, hoping that there'll be like some firm release dates or just something extra to sort of spice up the fact that like this might be stuff you already know about or is stuff we already know about that we've talked about, Um, but just kind of putting it in a new context. Um, One thing I want to ask you before we move on to the next story is as far as like Gamescom in general, you know, I think Gamescom has really picked up in, you know, prevalence and media coverage. Do you think there are things that can come out of um, Gamescom in general that can match that like E3 level status? Because part of me is like, I feel like nothing exceeds that E3 vibe, even when the E3 vibe is bad. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I I think that we're silly if we look at past events to try to find patterns at this point, like the industry has changed in the last two years. So while Gamescom might not have brought banger announcements in the past, that doesn't mean it's not going to in the future or even now. And where we're at, I mean, Xbox is saying, right like, we're not getting huge announcements of new games, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be huge news, like a release date for Halo there. I think that that would make a lot of sense, given their their year and where they're at. We need to just acknowledge the fact that technology and social media and working from home has created a education process for an understanding of being able to just put on your own shows and own your own message and this has been something the industry and the world has been turning to for the last decade or so and has really kind of been forced to just jump into the pool in the last year because of the whole situation so with that you have got to look at xbox and you got to look at like where their announcements are lying and i don't think that they're looking at e3 as like okay this is the big one and then there's like uh the small ones all around i think they're looking at it more as like okay for us in our portfolio where are the beats we need to hit? I think that they're looking at Gamescom and potentially Opening Night Live around that to be their big major fall update for hey all the games that we announced before the Forza Horizons, the the Halo Infinite. It's like the the big dog Xbox Game Studios titles that like we're all excited for. That's where we're gonna get like the the big info on that stuff to write out the rest of this year, hopefully leading into Game Awards, kind of giving a tease for next year and beyond and then kind of restarting the cycle. But I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah no, I think I think definitely that's kind of a little bit of the cadence. Um, I have really liked that people have um, taken more ownership of their messaging and done, you know, additional showcases or deep dives when needed. Um, I still think that E3 remains a little bit of the big show and that if you, you know, are obviously Xbox did take part. So they had, you know, that there and this is sort of for the contextualizing or adding to, I think, the base that they already laid out. Um, and of course, if you don't end up participating, then you kind of have to zag and create your own, you know, big moment for um, what's essentially like a, you know, a glorified marketing beat. I, I think it's a good thing to remember, too. Like, this is all about, you know, promoting their brand and what they have going for them. And yeah, I'm just excited uh, about the year uh, with Xbox. And I love that pretty much everything is just game pass. Like, it just removes any like questioning or thought. I'm like, I'm going to be in, you know, regardless. Um, yeah, real, skew, quick, um, real quick, real oh, okay, quick.
0: I, I want to last point about the Gamescom thing is Gamescom's importance is shifting. And especially when Gamescom doesn't need to be in Germany, when Gamescom is digital. These are digital events that are just made in at Microsoft, right? For mm-hmm. Microsoft to put their info out. Gamescom's just a rapper to be able to attach yourself to. And I think that that rapper is getting more and more of a big deal when Jeff Keighley is attaching himself so closely to it and making opening night live be this like big event that like tent pole event for Gamescom. Granted, Opening Night Live hasn't brought the bangers for the two years it's existed so far, but you can totally see what they're trying to build. And the proof has to be in the pudding. And you need to build the foundation before you can bring banger after banger. But I imagine a world in a couple of years where. Between Gamescom's opening night live and the Game Awards at the end of the year, Jeff Keeley has created two verticals that the industry can latch onto. It doesn't matter if you're first party, third party, all people can share the same stage and bring some freaking heat. And I think that that's going to end up happening. And I think that E3 is going to continue to exist. But let's be honest right now, what is E3? What's E3 look like next year? They're still trying to figure out their identity in, in this. In this world, and I mean that not just because of COVID, but I also just mean it in the sense that, like, E3 royally fucked themselves the last couple of years with some really bad decisions. And this year, they tried something different. They tried to make it a much more focused event. And I think that they succeeded for the most part. But it had obvious issues and a lot of uh, criticism from the industry that I hope that they address for, for next year, and I expect them to. So I think that there's going to be a couple key players in the video game showcase game. And it's essentially going to boil down to the ESA Z3 and the Jeff Keeley projects. And mm-hmm. the closer those things can play nice and work together, it's just going to make the world a better place for everybody and give more opportunities for devs and publishers to show off their games uh, without having to take the onus on themselves to do their own showcases. But I also think those showcases are also going to be more and more prevalent.
1: Jeff Keighley's fall and winter of games fest, Oh
0: god basically yes. yeah yeah totally. well it
1: really is just like all games all the times because there's always something happening like mm-hmm. at all t- like, almost every month has some form of a showcase or something to get excited about um yeah i think as far as like i mean obviously we could sit here and talk about like e3 like all day because like there's so much to discuss there with like how how they did and what they're still missing like i will never forget <laughs> That online presence, like from behind the scenes with like press and also like, um, you know, influencers or fans like the little portal, man, that portal was like so rough, like it was one of the roughest online experiences I've had. Um, And I do this like all the time. What's why? the point?
0: Like, yeah. why why did they have it? It's like, and this is the problem. It's like there's so much superfluous bullshit that people add. And the reason why they add it is sponsors. Sponsors like things like that. They like the engagement. They like, oh, look how many signups we got for this and this. You need to give a worthwhile product, or else people are gonna get pissed off and the narrative's gonna change from the kick ass show you're putting on to oh man, this thing doesn't work. Why am I doing this? And it's just like, oh, I just I just hate it. It drives me crazy. It's like focus on what you're trying to do and do it well. <laughs> like, don't yeah, add Yeah, but at the same time, things. we
1: keep saying like is e3 washed is e3 going away we've been having like the e- is e3 dead conversation for like the last like four or five years and i feel like for the answer always that. ends up being ends up being no like it's still here and like you could argue that e3 is just e3 because it's e3 but that still has like that mm-hmm. that's the whole cachet, right you talked about like these events just being a rapper like that e3 rapper is still immensely appealing even if it's you know fallen off like it's the brand recognition it's the it's the big show even when it's whack it's the big show Um, and yeah that that just remains
0: last bit I want to say about the the big show and E3 and all that stuff it's like the fact of the matter is and you can disagree with me if you want but the facts are there video game showcases have more banger announcements per capita than ever before. Go back and look at E3 showcases or any game showcase from 2000, from from the beginning all the way till like, I'll even say like 2013. To any of the shows after that. There's just so much more because there's so many more games out there. It's not just like a couple things a year that are happening that are worth talking about. It's like now from the indie space, all the way up to AAA, there's just so much, whether it's new IP or sequels to franchises, like uh, whether it's new hardware, whether it's portable, like there's so many different factors at play. Updates to games and service games that people are excited for. like. There are more audiences being spoken to than ever before and they're being spoken to in in a better way than they've ever uh been done is it perfect no it's far from it but it is closer than it ever was it is easier to watch any single video game press conference in 2021 than it was to watch even some of the best ones back in the day where they're talking Mm -hmm. about their charts and their graphs that is such a rarity these days and i used to be that used to dominate the majority of the sometimes multi-hour press conferences that sure super smash brothers melee would be shown off in the middle of something but the middle of the thing was being shown off was a bunch of awkward white guys pointing at graphs like nobody wants that (laughs)
1: At the same time, wasn't that like the PlayStation Tech Reveal? Like the PS5. Te- that's basically what what that, that that's that was the same tech vibe. Reveal.
0: But that's a tech right. reveal, right? That that's a focused thing of like, hey, we're trying we're about to get nerdy, motherfuckers. We want to take pictures of your yeah. ears, dog. You know? But like, at the same let time, us know like that, 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 that
1: reaction was like a visceral a more visceral reaction. And granted, you could argue like, well, it's not the target audience, but I, I think that speaks to, you know, what what we're used to and how the standard has evolved you know, over time in the industry and how things continue to shift. Um, speaking of shifts and additions in the industry, we have the Intellivision Amico getting delayed again till the end of the year. Uh, This comes over from Video Games Chronicle, uh, which writes, built as a, quote, unique video game system for families and friends. Amico is based on the classic console from the 1980s from Mattel. It was originally due to release in October 2020, but the COVID-19 pandemic pushed this back to April 2021 and then again to fall 2021. Now, in an email to those who have pre-ordered the system, Intellivision has announced that the system will be delayed further, with pre-orders due to arrive by the end of the year. The Intellivision Amico has been delayed Again to the end of the year, the Amico will have more than 20 games available at launch. The team at Intellivision has been working tirelessly to bring Amico, our family-friendly, our family focused entertainment system to eager households around the world. The email reads, we've grown to a strong and stable company for, of more than 60 passionate team members spanning three continents, representing some of the industry's best talent. All of us are extremely excited to share Amico with you. We originally planned for fall of 2021, but had to adapt in the midst of the global pandemic. Despite our best efforts, we are now facing new unprecedented international component supply and logistics challenges beyond our control. We want to apologize as we are forced to push our desired launch date yet again. In spite of these supply hurdles hampering our abilities to fill orders, we are focused and determined to deliver pre-ordered units by the end of the year. This will also allow us more time to optimize our operating system for future game development. We want to ensure those who have uh, anticipated the Amico for so long, they get the chance to enjoy it as soon as possible, etc., etc. And then they mentioned like, oh, we're going to send you like an email with like, a, you know, a, a gift apology type situation. Um, and then really quick for those who need a refresher where you're like, what's the Amico in television? Like what? It's uh, this... New idea of sort of making, again, a family-friendly focused console. So here is their pitch. It comes with six premium-loaded, premium premium-freeloaded games, with additional games ranging from $2.99 to $9.99 at launch. There's no bad language, graphic violence or blood, sexual content. Every game is rated E for everyone. The gameplay adapts to your skill level. There's no ads, paid downloadable content, loot boxes or in-game purchases. It has an extensive library ranging from sports and recreation, education and brain games, party and retro classics, to your favorite table games games there's truly something for everyone so just to kick things off do you care at all about the amico and television
0: no i don't and you know this is one of those things that every time i see that uh, come up in news stories like it, it's not long before i see some shit that makes me go mm, i don't like this going on here there's like a lot of shady shit going on with it and like what you know this is exactly an example of the the world of the kickstarter type projects that we've seen before and you know over promising not hitting their dates and stuff when a world that that makes more sense than ever but um i we'll, we'll see when this actually does end up shaking out i wonder how many more apology emails will have to be sent and I, I hate to be so negative on it but this is just one of those ones that we've been covering on this show for a while and uh more and more shit just keeps coming out that i'm like mm, i can tell you this is not for me
1: yeah i think well i mean it, it probably in a sense literally isn't right it's it's kind of geared for that, like that family situation though i think this falls into that awkward space of being for a really um casual audience but being kind of overly complicated when it comes to actually delivering so i feel like it's sort of in this awkward position that kind of reminds me of where like stadia landed as well obviously stadia is like you know out and exists you can argue it didn't do that well but it's it's out there and it's doing things um while this is still trying to get off the ground where it's like with stadia the pitch was okay these are for people who like don't You're hardcore enough that you're like tuned into Stadia, but not hardcore enough to have a console. And then it's like, well, who is that? And I feel like we still don't don't really have an answer to that question. And then here it's like, okay, it's casual. It's for families. But, you know, just getting this off the ground seems like it's I don't know if it's going to reach that audience that it needs to reach to find success, because I feel like that audience isn't going to be tuned in enough or patient enough to really see this through. Like I admittedly, I was interested in this just from the novelty standpoint, like, you know, like 20 years from now, we can be like, hey, remember this? That was weird. And then just kind of, you know, move on from it. Um, But I do want to ask you um, in relation to this, what kind of ancillary player would you want to see in this space? Uh, you know, we have things like Playdate coming out with their handheld um, that where those creators already went up. Like so I'm talking about not competing with the big three because I feel like Stadia is sort of trying to compete with the big three of, you know, uh, Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft. Is there anything you would want to see in this space? Or are you kind of just like I'm good with what I have? I mean, you can argue I guess Oculus is sort of doing that, too, with like VR.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think that's the thing is like we we do have actually a fair amount of players in the in the space doing different things and I think that we've we've kind of hit a a point where I personally don't have a need for more and and I can't really see uh a need for more for for groups of people large enough to justify them because like we've had so many different um a, a, retro consoles, right? retro handhelds and so many different ways to to play older games whether they're ROMs or actual carts or whatever it is and I think that that stuff's really cool and you see things like the analog pocket that I'm really excited for but like we're starting to get real niche and specific which is good when you can target that audience we talked about it last week with the play date where it's like that is targeting a very, very, very specific audience and they are hitting that audience in the perfect way which is to your point about this where it's like cool, it seems casual but overly complicated where that's just more like it is for the hardcore people more than anything, but it is a casual experience. But it's like they they know that there's a group out there, the Jared Petties of the world, that want that thing. So they're hidden them. I, I think that Oculus Quest is a good example of taking the VR space and space and putting out that one product that's like, cool, this one just works simpler than the other ones so it's going to actually allow you to have these different experiences uh with with video games or, or otherwise with vr and then you look at uh the the big three it's like even they've gotten a little bit more niche over time but just niche has become mainstream and what i mean by that is the idea of the switch being both a console and a portable which negates the need for a pure nintendo portable which for the longest time, was the only portable in the space, right? Like the, the 3DS was rocking and you know the Vita wasn't really there with it. And like back in the day, the DS and PSP, sure, that was the thing. But now it's just cool. You don't need to think about the handheld market as a separate identity. It is just part of the experience. And then on the Xbox side of them, kind of the the there's PC gamers and there's console gamers, but that line is more blurred than ever. So they're kind of like owning that space and then you got the PlayStation doing what it's doing, right? So it's like, I don't know how many more spaces we need. I think at some point it's the overlap that kind of uh, – and, and the, the, the synergy between things and the cross-progression, pro- cross-play, all that stuff. That's what matters the most because we already have enough things with unique experiences because look at indie games, right? They went from being – we get three of them every five years to being like, oh, that they're just a standard pillar of video games and we're getting more quality indie games than we are AAA games per year.
1: Yeah, and I think stuff like Apple Arcade has really helped push like that indie narrative or like the mobile narrative. Um, I like you mentioning cool. how even in those big three, they have their own like identities. I would say PlayStation's is still probably like VR specifically because they are pushing for, you know, PSVR too. So it's like that's that's kind of their angle that they're sort of sticking with. Besides, you know, you could argue like oh the the DualSense and all that. But um, that seems to be kind of like their landing point and i like how like those innovations within those spaces are pushing other people to take notice and maybe like adjust their uh way of doing things or sort of like think okay can we take this idea and maybe potentially do it better i do think something i'd like to see because um, you're like you know i think we have enough um I-, I say it's never enough this is a consumerist capitalistic you know fandom and medium. like pile it on again i i always feel like i'm um Arthur in that episode where he has that library card and he gets all the books. i <laughs> to no, read all of them. Like you're taking them, and, and and he just like is riding his bike and he can't even see. Like that's me with like my gaming consoles and my backlog. Like I will, I just want all of it. Um, and a couple things end up you know rising to the surface, and the rest of it like it'll just be kind of um, fodder. But I'd love to see something in the AR space um a little bit more obviously we've gotten ar experiences in games like that's not new at all but i think it'd be cool to like you know i remember first seeing what is it like microsoft's hololens right is that the name for it the little like ar like they had that that minecraft showing at that i forgot what event that was at Um, that was cool yeah um and i um remember too even on like i think the 3ds you could like with like one of the you know variants of it or versions of it where you could have like that you know, use the camera and kind of like play these like little AR mini games. Like, I think that stuff's really interesting. And like, I kind of want to see that happen. So yeah. In, in a big way, like, you know, in like a really mainstream way. But um, I think, too, you know, speaking of uh, other players sort of entering the space and making their own iterations of things, uh, we got some Steam Deck news, uh, which is that it doesn't get a performance boost while docked. Uh, this comes over from PC Gamer, which writes, that's not to say you can't connect a 1080p or greater resolution monitor to a Steam Deck dock and have it output at the correct resolution. You absolutely can. However, the performance of the device will stay the same whether docked or mobile, meaning you will experience a performance hit when gaming at re- higher resolutions in docked mode uh, than in handheld. When asked whether Valve considered a higher power mode when docked, Steam, designer, Steam Deck designer Greg Coomer told PC Gamer's own Wes Fen- Fenlon, uh, yes, but we didn't make, choose to make it uh, a high priority. We felt that it was actually better, all things considered, to not modify based on dock status or mobile status, you know, kind of again, focusing on the fact that like this is mostly a handheld and- And we wanted, you know, working the same across the board, you know, does this surprise you? Does this disappoint you? Were you expecting it to have like a higher performance when docked? Uh,
0: No, because this is like such a computer. (laughs) Like what it is, is like, so this is kind of the, the addition to having a desktop computer to be able to play these games. So this makes sense to me. I think that the focus has to be on it being portable because that is the whole design and 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 reason for it, Its function and its being. Um, not disappointed at all, uh, but I am I am very excited about the reactions to the hands on impressions of the the Steam Deck that I've been seeing uh, over the weekend. Like people seem to be really 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 digging it, which is awesome because you know Steam doesn't have the best history of hardware. Um, so for to see them potentially getting it right is really exciting to me. I know Greg got one, um, which is insane when you think about it (laughs) but like what will that turn into probably nothing but you know hopefully that's that's wrong like hopefully there's something special here because uh to your point like i do think that those are really cool ideas of where the industry can go and like as PC gaming becomes more and more mainstream and, and simpler to use. And like things just work in a way that we expect them to on consoles. And then on the flip side, consoles work less than they used to, where it's like the, every time you turn a console on, it has a freaking firmware update and like games have updates. There's patches and day one patches and all that stuff. It's like the, they're blending consoles and PCs. So we can
1: all learn from each other.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I think that the the world as well is a little more educated on, on tech stuff where, you know, Uh, back in the day, phones were just phones and old people could use phones, but now old people know how to use smartphones. They understand the concept of apps and app stores and maybe not every single one of them, but definitely more than, uh, 10 years ago. And so you look at that now and it's just like, people are used to using computers. This isn't the, the 1980s, right? So, uh, the idea of PC games on the go has a higher chance of working now than ever.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy that like how much just technology in general has advanced. Like you know, you mentioned phones, and like I remember there was an there was an era, you know, when smartphones were just kind of sort of coming out, where I was like, oh, I would never get a touchscreen phone. But the touchscreen doesn't work well. Like I'm always gonna get like you know, I I was big on Ford. having like a touchscreen that also had like Side a key. keyboard. Yeah, like or I had the like the Palm Pixie Epic. or something for mm. a while.
0: Yeah, there was the Samsung Samsung Epic, right, Kev. That was the one we wanted to have the big old screen. Like It was like, you know, no, like it was a iPhone HTC, type thing. Yeah, it was the HTC epic. Well, 4G is the, the one that I ended up getting eventually. Crazy the hotness, the hotness.
1: Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I think this makes sense, right? Like it's going to perform the same across the board. I also think it kind of removes some of the drama that I think we've seen, like at least on like the Switch side of things where there's always that conversation of like docked versus handheld or like, you know, what can we get where? Can we get in? Like, what's the difference between the two? this phone? Oh, my gosh. That's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that phone. Yeah. Where it it flipped on the side and then you have like the keyboard. Well, that was kind of like
0: that best of option. Later it came out with this option. It's like I wish that they still made slide out phones. I like the tactical feel. I like it.
1: I don't know. I feel like that's like that weird new nostalgia that like our generation has for like remember when you had to think about What phone you would get and you'd like research it and like it'd be like a whole process Mm -hmm. i haven't thought about what phone to get in like since i got onto the iphone which i think was like at the iphone 4 or 5 i'm like i just upgrade it and hopefully it doesn't cost that much
0: pay for uh, text on a per text basis that's insane insane to think about
1: yeah and i remember i would be like why are y'all messaging me and p and like that's back when like you wouldn't message in pieces you'd have to put it all together because otherwise i'm like i'm getting charged for you're like, hey, how's it going? Like, put mm-hmm. that all together. Let's make it succinct. Or like, yeah, what a what a weird like culture that was. Or like, there was like the free nights and weekends. um Do you yep. remember like T-Mobile's like was it Faye Five, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: like MySpace in real life with like real fiscal consequences. Mm-hmm, you mess up mm-hmm. that Faye Five, that's con- you're contracted in.
0: Yep. God bless.
1: Can you imagine I'm... that like on the gaming side where it's like you can you know. F- free online play with like these select people but everything else you have to pay or something like that that'd be wild. i mean that's
0: that's actually not that bad of an idea if they implemented it correctly like if they if they treated it like a additive thing not like they're taking it away from people you know what i mean like like let's say xbox live gold or whatever you could just use all that stuff free with two or three people like that'd be kind of cool who would be
1: your two to three people
0: um it'd probably be kevin and no, it's a waste. That's a waste. <laughs> I don't play like, games online think, like that. So. I know it's like part. It's of a relationship, but also
1: like, yeah, exactly. It's like okay, well, who's actually going to be available to use it? Because I'm like the yeah. I'm like the call thing. Like this takes like effort. Um, yeah. like the amount of like planning of that's like, why I don't play a lot of games online because I'm like it's all the social stress of like regular socializing with the work of having to to pick up my sticks and like, you know, get pick going on sticks. this. Like, it's too much.
0: <laughs> I love you so much, Janet. I think it back, <laughs> I think that because I'm not that big of an online gamer, uh, but uh, I plan to be more so than ever with Halo Infinite. My, uh-huh. my choice is with Mike. I, I got to go Snowbike, Mike Andy. and Andy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. I, I mean, plan hands down,
0: Joey. Hands down, Joey. Hundred percent. It would just be Joey. Toss out the other one. I don't need it. <laughs> Kevin, All right. Joey well, that's, like, down that's like Fortnite. a <laughs>
1: that's like a weird term but the turn but the point is the steam deck it's the same across the board uh i still haven't ordered one i think i'm just gonna wait because i know i just said i want everything but also like i got limited resources and money so i'm just gonna hold out and see if i can actually get to the point where i feel like i'd play it because again you know i mentioned like the Oculus quest and you know what they're doing in the vr space i still have barely touched that system so until i kind of work my way through those I, i think i'm gonna hold off on this one but i am excited to see once it pans out you know what what the larger population thinks and whether or not we do see that shift that we see with like a lot of Nintendo games where people will be like, Oh, I'm going to get it on Switch because like, if I can, because I want the handheld, like, I'm wondering if we're going to see more and more people, especially those who aren't typically into PC gaming, like, you know, Greg and everybody else, where it's like, Oh, I'm going to get this now on PC because I want to play it on my Steam Deck. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see if that shift will end up happening. Um, but for now, let's get a word from our sponsor.
0: This episode is brought to you by Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. The chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Cool Greg knows all about this. He's been getting Freshly. He's been loving it. Doesn't need to cook anything. He just gets it served here. He opens it and he's eating fantastic stuff. He was telling me all about this sausage baked penne and I was like, man. That sounds good. It sounds damn good. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Ordering is easy. You just go to Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, the sausage-baked penne I was talking about, or the chicken pesto bowl right now freshly is offering you guys $40 off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash games stop stressing about dinner go to freshly.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders that's f-r-e-s-h-l-y.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders back in now
1: All right, uh, let's talk about Super Mario Brothers uh, game selling for two million. Uh, This comes over from Polygon, which reads a rare copy of Super Mario Bros sold for two million on Friday, the highest price ever paid, which I feel like I say this on every show that I do for some reason. There's always it's It's always always the highest, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I should just throw in like second highest for no reason. I'm like, this isn't notable, but let's just just to keep it going. <laughs> um, But it is the highest price ever paid for a single video game, according to an announcement from Collectibles website Rally? What makes the sale unique other than its mind boggling price is how it was sold. An anonymous buyer purchased the collectible from Rally, which had sold shares in the copy of the game to investors. According to a report from the New York Times, the buyer of Super Mario Bros. offered two million for the copy, which is factory sealed, professionally graded and part of a limited print run and the sale was approved by shareholders in the NES game uh, you know again I just mentioned that last time I was on here we had like the same same deal with different you know records I think that one was like one and a half mil will we keep seeing this record get broken like how high is this gonna get at some point um, someone buy it, bought them all right like or so then it, it's over I don't know
0: Well, that's the thing is, you know, with this, I know I I saw my Twitter feed kind of blowing up of people talking about the legitimacy of this and how it kind of seems like there's schemes going on and and random things, and, like, I didn't look too deep into that, but uh, for me, just the understanding of this culture that we're in, like, I've been a sneakerhead my entire life, so it's like, I understand this idea of supply and demand and hype culture and all that shit, and, you know, it's problematic. There's a lot of issues with it. There's a lot of fun to be had, too, depending on the way you look at it, and, like, just being part of that thing and getting it like the the goddamn uh side of it makes you feel so good but when you miss out on it you feel like you missed out on something and that kind of sucks but that's that's the the game of hype right you win and you lose um in this recent trend of a bunch of people that grew up in the 90s having access to money and uh being like we're supposed to be making money
1: when we grew up like where are (laughs) y'all getting this money from are they hiring
0: Uh, But, I mean, even if you don't have good money, you still have more money than you had when you were a little kid getting an allowance or or not getting an allowance or whatever it was, right? Uh, But the idea of $5 when you were eight years old was, like, I have a limited power. (laughs) Now it's just, like, now it's the reality of, like, we can go to a a Safeway and – Our parents aren't there. We can buy as much Cocoa Pebbles as we want. You know what I mean? Um, And that translates to video games as well and Pokemon cards and all this stuff. And we're just kind of seeing this culture that only confounds on top of itself when it comes to compounds. Like the Twitch side of things, where now you can make content That's sharing your excitement and hype with others of opening Pokemon cards or collecting video games and all this stuff. And there are these things that we wanted to have value when we were young. We bought Pokemon cards because one day it's going to make us rich. And I kind of feel like our entire generation right now is just kind of like, yeah, you know what? We're going to prove everyone wrong. We are going to get rich off this shit. You know what I mean? I collected this stuff for a reason. And that... Is creating a world that the people that are legitimately enjoying playing the Pokemon trading card game are kind of fucked. Like, because now their their hobby, their 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 sport, for lack of a better term, uh, is is a lot more expensive and complicated and and harder to get into because there's all these people out there that are collecting and using it for different reasons. Same thing for video games. We're gonna start seeing a lot more of this. And uh, this even translates to things like the analog pocket I was talking about earlier. Like I was reading a really funny Kotaku article that was uh, a review of the analog pockets pre-order process. You should go check it out. Uh, But it was like a a joke article, but it was kind of like, it's been a whole year since I pre-ordered this system. Here are my thoughts on the process so so far. (laughs) And like, it was all good, good love. And like, it was was positive because everyone's excited for this thing, but it got me thinking like, oh, game Boy games are probably getting really expensive because of all this shit if I want any cartridges I should probably get on eBay and get a couple now that I don't have so I'm ready when this thing comes in and I went and on then eBay you're I'm
1: worried like, if they're do you care if they're fake by the way
0: well that's my thing is it's I controversial I, question I, to, like. to an extent I definitely do um and that, that's why it's like I'd rather not uh go the eBay route but there are some that i'm just like i just want to play the fucking game i don't really care um but i will say janet don't don't go looking on ebay for gameboy games if you don't want your wallet to hurt and your your heart to be broken well, what because, game did
1: you uh get
0: i mean i i didn't get any yet but like i was I just looking you at
1: mail on like you
0: yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of the classic stuff and like i have a bunch of gameboy games but it's like some of them the batteries have died or like i don't necessarily want to bust out my 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 copy of pokemon blue I don't, I don't want to ever erase that save file. You know what I mean? Like I, that is that's oh, something dude, special it's to gone. me. No, no, it's not the battery anymore. No, it's still good. No, you the battery like doesn't fix last that forever. Too. Yeah, you can fix it, but it clears the card, right? I, I don't, don't know. know. My, my Pokémon Blue remember. still Pokémon Blue still works. My Pokémon Silver, mm-mm, that thing is dead. Well, uh, my, wait, wait, the original one, the one from like Japan? No, that was a gold. Okay. Oh, and I don't wrong. know if that I'm one's sorry. still kicking. I don't know if that one's still kicking. It doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, I was looking at a couple of the Pokemon games, specifically Crystal, which I never owned. I never owned Crystal. Um, I only rented It's not too late. That's I know it's not too late, one. except it's really damn expensive. I was looking up Mario Super Mario Land. 2. How much is it? It's Like a hundred bucks or something? Something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's which a lot. Got,
0: it's, and like, maybe even if it was like 60, I, I was hoping it was going to be like $5 a cartridge. Now I'm just popping yeah, up. You got like, to be go. in the worst
1: games. Like I bought like um, you Just, know, know, Yoshi's Terminator. cookies. Yoshi's cookie, baby. Bucks. It was a It was fun. And I like Yoshi's Cookies. That's not me saying it's a bad game, but most people don't yeah. like that game. And I don't know why. It's great. It's like Yoshi, good. Tetris, good. Yoshi's cookies, good. Like, I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> Where's the disconnect? <laughs> the math um, works. The math works, guys. Yeah, it all <laughs> checks out. Um speaking of working, this is not really like a repetition. Um, development wise, uh, MLB the show worked on making Field of Dreams in MLB the show. This comes over PlayStation blog, um, which uh, mentions the Field of Dreams Stadium will be added to MLB the show tomorrow, Tuesday, August 10th, in a free content update for all uh, PS4 and PS5 consoles. There's also an entire week of live content dedicated to Field of Dreams. I have no idea what that part means because I don't think they mentioned it in the post at all. Um, But also we should lay the groundwork like what what is Field of Dreams? Can you give me a breakdown of what Field of Dreams is for those who don't know?
0: I I would just say it's one of those iconic 90s movies that just is a shared experience among people that like everybody saw <laughs> you know it was field of dreams it was angels in the outfield yeah like, there's just a couple movies that just there was, like,
1: like a whole genre of like that vibe um yeah, but yeah totally. I, I believe it came out i had looked it up on like imdb earlier i think it came out in 89. uh i think it might be based on a novel you know slash you're wrong if, if i'm wrong uh right, but the summary it, they
0: will come movie
1: Yes, yes. And it's, uh, you know, it was like an Iowa farmer, you know, Ray Kinsella, or sorry if I said his name wrong before people were like, oh, how do you not remember this movie that you saw when you were like a child? <laughs> um, it's inspired by a voice uh, that says to pursue like this dream and, you know, ends up like turning the cornfield into like the baseball field. And there's like, you know, ghosts involved. It sounds very odd when you describe it that way. His, his
0: um, if- dad, his dad is like a baseball player, right? And like comes and plays ball with him or some shit. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, is that was that just at the end? Oh, fuck. Well,
1: I'm not sure if it's at the end. There's it's an emotional ride. Like it's like it's kind of like a feel good old school film. Like, I'm not sure how well it ages, but I feel like, you know, check, check it out. If you haven't, you'll know what the hype is about this. Um, but it's such a, a a cool little like, you know, nod to it. Um, also, if you're a fan of How Much Your Mother, uh, that's the movie that Robin Trubosky said was whack. She's like, Field of Dreams, once is enough. Field of Dreams, your go to bad movie is Field of Dreams. It's about ghost baseball players i think it's stupid How so can you know like field of dreams then when he has the catch with his dad yeah anyway so oh,
0: so if you watch how Met your know? mother you at least
1: know a little bit of field what? of dreams
0: i've never seen someone go off playing all the parts of how i met your mother oh yeah i watched okay that was so scary I, that scared me a little watched- bit
1: yeah, though, I, I know sitcoms super well because I like that. I like would always binge them and go back to them. Like I had all the How I Met Your Mother um like seasons on DVD. I watched the pilot episode when the pilot episode dropped. I think I was like in fourth or fifth grade. Probably didn't get most of the jokes in terms of like the more adult humor that is in the show sometimes. But I was you know, there like, from the beginning, like I was in this
0: deep. I need to know. <laughs>
1: um. But yeah, how much about anyway? So the post <laughs> then just talks about kind of like the design process. And like they mentioned like oh, watching the movie with like, you know, his dad back in the day and being like, oh, it'd be so exciting to play there. So it's really cool, you know, check out that deep dive if you want to know a little bit more about like the technical stuff that went into it, like how they were to get the render down. And then they talk about like trying to get the dugout just right and like really wanting it to feel like you're you know stepping on and and playing in field of dreams or you know you're on like that iconic field um I just think this is so cool like what a fun little update and I would love to see you know I know people like really love MLB the show as like one of like the best baseball sims you know if not the best baseball sim and and you know how realistic it is and all that but I would really love to see more sports sims get you know a little bit more playful like I think there's room to have like the quality gameplay and also be a little bit like know goofy or integrate some pop culture stuff like um can we get like a ted lasso fifa crossover next like that's what i'm waiting to happen
0: i mean honestly maybe like that's just kind of where we we've been at the last couple years and i think especially with the the big dogs of sony and microsoft like we're seeing them kind of have a lot more fun with uh with ip both kind of making games uh from ip but also just taking elements from those ip and adding it to their own where where it fits. And it's really cool stuff. We see it with Forza all the time. Like they've done such a good job over the years of uh, having cool things happen. Rocket League is probably the best example of this. And granted, that's epic. But I mean, like just epic as a whole. Ariana freaking Grande just had a goddamn concert in Fortnite. Like that's cool as shit.
1: Yeah, I think dreams, baby. Yeah, hell hell yeah. Like it makes me want to play the game, even though like I have I have not spent any time with MLB the show because well, One, I don't really like baseball. And then two, it's it's kind of hard to like start from scratch and sort of, you know, build up those skills. But this kind of thing does make me like interested in it. And, you know, I hope to see more stuff like this. Um, It's really cool to get like I think also with a game like that, like, you know, as someone that does play FIFA, like I play FIFA all the time. So those kind of updates do end up really hitting because it's like, oh, I was already here anyway. So now you have like an additional fun thing to check out. Um, and then speaking of fun things to check out in terms of updates, uh, that brings us to our last story. Overcooked All You Can Eat is getting a free update. Uh, it's the birthday party update to celebrate uh, the five year anniversary of, I think, just like the franchise in general, uh, I'm pretty sure. And it's free uh, across the board. Overcooked All You Can Eat. A uh, reminder that all you can eat is basically just like the package of one and two together with all the DLC. So it's kind of like a catch all game. Uh, here
0: game. are the key features. Fantastic name for that. So.
1: So good. Um, it's gonna have uh five new birthday themed levels, a new tabby cat chef, a recipe to make a cup of tea, and there's gonna be like this new in game mechanic called uh the switcheroo, where you sort of like open like a portal and you just kind of like can go through it, so you can sort of move it around and like you know take one chef and like move them to the other side. Not too different than like the teleportation mechanic, other than the fact that like it's on the floor and it seems it seems to be like moving on its own. Like I think that's just like a CPU thing, but I don't know if you'll have autonomy over moving it. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be like living playing cards that are basically moving these little portals. It honestly looks very Alice in Wonderland without being like directly like this is Alice in Wonderland, just in like the stylings and like how the cat looks. Um, so, just legally yeah,
0: distinct enough,
1: legally not... distinct. <laughs> it's a regular birthday. It's on unbirthdays birthday party. It's totally different. Um, are you excited this about this? It. Are you an overcooked fan?
0: I am an overcooked fan. I, oh, I kinda yeah. got I, I got my fill. Uh, mm-hmm. I It mean, and it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those games where I don't necessarily. So you necessarily, have had
1: all you can eat.
0: I've had all I, all I needed to eat, uh, wasn't that hungry. But no, it's such a great game to to pull out uh, with with groups of friends, like at parties and stuff. And especially like for non-gamers, I think that this is a game that's easy enough for them to wrap their head around and have a lot of fun. Um, uh, But with that, I don't necessarily need more and more and more and more content it's kind of like just the base game or like the levels have been enough for for me and my needs but i'm happy that there seems to be so many people out there and i think that it's a really good platinum game like i think it's a good game for uh completionists that are like i want more i do just want challenges i kind of like how it has that mobile game setup of the three star systems where it's like okay cool i know what i i i need to do to pass the level but I know what I need to do to three star this motherfucker. And then and when you finish it, a
1: fourth star opens up. I mean, that's awesome, for, you know for finishing it. Very um, well
0: designed game that like I, I am very happy it has turned into what it has, because that could have been just a fun one and done small experience.
1: Yeah. And I really want like them to do a third one. Um, do you have any thoughts on like what you would want from a third one if they end up doing one?
0: Seems like they're going all out. I mean, like teleporters and shit. It's like that's really cool. and like some type of portal thing. I think that they're nailing. It. they've already had really good stylings when it comes to level aesthetics and stuff. So like I, I don't know. what do you have any good ideas?
1: Um, I had to g- generate some earlier because I was like, I'm a huge overcooked fan, um, and I play with Maggie in like our apartment all the time. um and like we platinumed it together, uh, overcooked all you can eat. So which is really rough cause you gotta beat like both the games and then do all this extra stuff and then like get, it, and we also three starred every level in the game uh, outside of the secret levels, like the Kevin levels, which you have to unlock in really weird ways. So like th- that's the only part of the game that like we didn't go over. Um, but just out, off the top of my head, definitely just more, more recipes. I think also uh, more culturally significant recipes are kind of fun. Like they've done a lot of like really cool stuff with like, you know, Chinese New Year and like a bunch of other stuff. Like I would just like to see a little bit more of that. And I think, oh, man, she had an idea for like a kind of recipe. And I'm trying to maybe breakfast. More breakfast stuff i know they have like eggs and stuff but i don't know more like i liked there was like a campfire dlc where you were like making stuff on like an open campfire and you had like the bacon and the eggs in there and like i, I think a little bit more creative stuff they probably want to keep like the e for everyone things but like cocktails would be fun
0: interesting <laughs> like a barista, okay. like a barista yeah. dlc yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool
1: but uh in honor of being the person that always has props i had to bust out uh my overcooked merch that i have oh, i have yeah. an overcooked pot holder uh, and an overcooked measuring cup. Um, there you go. So You're ready for anything. Hell yeah, I, la- I live the life. Uh, I would give my life for the Onion King, um, truly a pillar in the community. So yes. I'm excited to actually I'm going to I'm play this like it's it's out now. I'm like, why not? I still want to go back and like, for some reason, the platinum only popped for me because I was player one. So we have to go back and re-platinum it as Maggie being player one. So while we're in there, like this a birthday it up, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Make some tea, like switch it up. Uh, it's going to be a good time uh but overcook 3 is so far away because we don't even know if it's in development or not so if i want to know what is coming to you, mom and grab shops today where would i look
0: the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday
1: yeah today we have I Am Dead, which is uh, now ported to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S and Xbox One in uh, City of Gangsters is out on PC for new dates. Uh, Darksiders 3 is coming to Switch on September 30th. Uh, Fantasian Part 2 is coming out Friday, August 13th. Uh, that's that RPG on Apple Arcade from one of the Final Fantasy creators. I've uh, heard really good things about that. Uh, Dread Templar comes to Steam Early Access on August 14th. Hindsight 2020 Wrath of Ooh Rock
0: just saw sh-
1: Sure. launches on PlayStation 5, 4, Switch, Series X, slash S, Xbox One and PC via Steam on Thursday, September 9th uh, for deals of the day. Again, bringing back to Overcooked, a uh, mention that the game is free to play on Steam between uh, 6 p.m. BST on August 9th and 6 p.m. BST on August 11th. So if for some reason, you haven't checked that overcooked yet. Um, go ahead and check that out. And apparently you can just hold down the buttons to chop. You don't have to press it over and over again. I didn't know that for like two games. I had so much campaign for no reason. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Tim, do you want to let us know what we got wrong, if anything?
0: Ooh, let's check that out and see. I also want to give a little tease. I don't know if you have a plan for the post show, but for the post show, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite marsupials, Ooh. one Crash Bandicoot. Um, yeah, the biologist says Field of Dreams is based on a 1982 novel called Shoeless Joe. So let's say you're wrong and more a it. You were right. Nice. Love to see it. There we go. Love to see it. That's it. Nailed it. Uh, And uh, this
1: week's hosts are tomorrow. We have uh, Greg and Gary. Wednesday, we have Blessing. Thursday, we have Greg and Tim. And Friday, we have Blessing and Greg. Uh, If you're watching live on Twitch, after this is a Mike and Nick Photoshop challenge, fun clips, and some Valorant. If you want to catch that stream later, subscribe to YouTube.com slash kind of funny plays. And remember that PSI Love You records today at noon. Now it is time for the post show. Supporters of the silver membership or above on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Get this until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.